This episode of Bonfire Side Chat is brought to you by our patrons at patreon.com forward slash TV. Good night, everybody. Some of our landings were desperate adventures. We are now prepared to meet the inevitable counterattacks with power and with confidence. My name is Gary Butterfield. My name is Cole Ross. And you're listening to Bonfireside Chat. It is a... It's Grandma's favorite. <laughs> yep, it is. A, we're a, branching a, out a into the baked goods. That, yep. <laughs> you, can, you can get behind. <laughs> the, the, the trick? A little bit of extra vanilla. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but uh, this week, we are reading your responses to Shadow Tower. And uh, not a lot of people came out. Um, a lot of people bounced off of it. There was a lot of, a lot of like ambient chatter. Um, in the Slack and uh, and other places, but I threw in some Uzumaki responses as well. Yeah, yeah, which is understandable. We we thought this might happen, and this is always a risk when we do off-season stuff. That's why we mm-hmm. do fewer appendixes. Yeah, um, appendices. But uh, yeah, I'll get us started here with Sam Bear, who says via contact. I'm sure you guys have already covered this, but figuring out the gameplay gameplay loop in Shadow Tower, kill enemies, gain stats, trade old equipment, repair equipment, repeat, uh, after fumbling around with it for a couple of hours is among the most satisfying moments in gaming for me. I also got a kick out of the fact that from games have impenetrable stat descriptions, even when they're just words and not pictures of flexing biceps and stuff. <laughs> yeah. You draw I- spirit. <laughs> like, what, what are the stats in Shadow Tower? Like, like, it, it's it is, like SPI, SLC. Yeah, you, you draw SLC. Yeah. No. I can't. I, I tried. I can't. Yeah. It's super tough. <laughs> True. Yeah. It's a, uh, I mean, can you picture like at that resolution what they would have to do to like convey that? I don't know. Like, yeah. I mean, they have that little the icon for the 10 ton weight. Yeah. So they could do something with that kind of fidelity, but like even just describe like how you did describe dark damage in, <laughs> in an icon, you know, uh, you know, and even Dark Souls doesn't do a great job at that. It does a terrible job. <laughs> yeah. Like um, that's one thing which like from is like unquestionably gotten better at <laughs> the symbols all make sense in Bloodborne. Yeah. So <laughs> uh, moving on here to Lotus uh, with a slightly long- longer response here saying super duper looking forward to hearing you guys talk about Shadow Tower. I fucking love this game to the point that while I've yet to finish a Kingsfield game other than four, I've beaten Shadow Tower twice. There's just something about the faster pace that makes it more approachable to me, uh, so much so that I legitimately enjoy the combat, whereas Kingsfield, uh, whereas in Kingsfield, it is a necessary hindrance at worst and just kind of there at best. The increased complexity, having two spells at the ready, a blocking mechanic, and being able to quick switch between two weapons uh, certainly doesn't hurt either. I love how it has a significant survival aspect due to the durability system, and I find myself playing this much like I do survival horror games, where I will, where I will play through a section, reload, and then play through it with foreknowledge that allows me to do a, for, a more efficient run. 
I love how there are more random elements uh, in the items that you find and the monsters that you fight. Items are either fixed, drop randomly from enemies, or always drop from certain enemies. Monsters are either fixed, randomly spawn. Uh, (laughs) There are some 1 in uh, 50-ish rare encounters in some places, including in um, in, uh, boss arenas, too. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, uh, Lotus continues. Or they spawn when you trigger certain flags, like picking up an item or reaching a certain spot in the room. I think it's due to elements like these that I enjoyed my second playthrough as much as I did. Uh, the monster designs. Oh, the monster designs. There are plenty of trite and boring. Uh, plenty of are trite and boring. Uh, but the fantastic ones are truly fantastic. Horrific skull slime? Demonically possessed face cubes? Sure. Voiced NPCs? <laughs> yes, I'm so please. down for a face cube. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> Lotus continues. Voiced NPCs. Voiced NPCs. Not always the best voices, but they all add a certain charm, especially uh, in the case of a certain Roly Moly. Love that guy. And that's about all I have to say uh, uh, about that. Other than I'm especially looking forward to hearing uh, you talk about the Water World in particular, uh, which I would consider a progenitor of levels like Blight Town or the Valley of Defilement. Love that place. Mm hmm. Yeah, the uh, the 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 water world is a breath of fresh air. Um, it is a splash of cool acid after a fire. Yes. World. Yeah. Yeah. And and it is uh, it does have that kind of thing. But those the Blight Town Valley of Defilement uh, gutter kind of thing has gotten tougher as it went. Yeah. And here it's actually like kind of a, a relief. But I love that they just had that idea. And they just like I love this idea of as a like a company because we know like different people are involved in this. But like having a company identity that just loves these certain things. Mm hmm. Like we just love this, like this poison, poison swamp that you had to wander around. And we love this house of traps, you know, and the, these kind of repeating elements are super cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, I'm not as into the, the pink tail stuff. Um, I yeah. like that it's all different, but I wish that there weren't the super rare blind yeah. box enemies. Um, other than that though, I, I agree. And yeah. it's, it's refreshing to hear somebody say something nice about this game that I like, cause it's <laughs> yeah. just like, it's been, it's been uh, like a month of people on Slack just apologizing for not playing it, and like you don't have to apologize. <laughs> yeah, look, we're, like, we're here for I like you. It like, mean, don't. Yeah, that we're we're gonna play it for you. But I just, uh, <laughs> it's just that that feeling of like wishing that somebody liked something because you do. Oh yeah, definitely. You know? I, I feel yeah. that. I feel that all the time. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is a thing on the reg. Um, yeah. Yeah. So moving on to a couple of Uzumaki responses, which we weren't planning to do, but uh, it's it, you know if Shadow Towers unpopularity did anything mm-hmm. we got these to see air so <laughs> go go, uh, go shout tower um so gordon starts uh by contact he says there's a classic paper that lies at the intersection of science and philosophy called the unreasonable effectiveness of mathematics in the natural sciences which uh, meditates on how we live in a universe where mathematical patterns and concepts crop up again and again in unexpected and apparently unrelated places. Uzumaki takes this idea and makes it an inescapable terror because spirals really are everywhere and there's no way to escape from something that's part of reality. The nature of the horror in Uzumaki plays with two concepts which I've heard that are quite common in Japanese stories. Firstly, things are bizarre to the extent that they become goofy, but this just emphasizes how creepy and unworldly they are rather than becoming silly. Secondly, uh, the curse itself is destructive and capricious, but not malevolent, and quite probably without any intent at all. With Japan uh, hit by frequent natural disasters, the catastrophe is a frequent story trope. From this high concept, uh, Ito is able to work his magic as a horror writer to ramp up tension and release it with sh- with a shock image that make a full makes full use of his talent for body horror, often after a page turn for maximum effect. Not terribly original and often abused as a technique, but in Uzumaki, it's done so well that I actually dreaded turning some pages, especially when I could tell uh, by the feel of my fingertips that I was going to be a uh, or it was going to be a page full, 
a full page image. Yep. I could tell from the feeling in my fingertips, it was going to be a full page image. Part of why Uzumaki hit me particularly well is because I'm a longtime math and science nerd, and I suspect, I suspect Ito found lots of inspiration from both. The final two chapters, for instance, remind me of the description of matter falling into a black hole. Time becomes distorted and stretched. From the outside, your movements appear slow, escape is literally impossible, and every possible fate involves you spiraling in towards the center. Maybe deliberate, maybe not. But if not, it just goes to show how these things really are everywhere. God, I really wish that I would have picked up that black hole. Oh yeah. Notion. Like that's so that's so salient. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. On point, Gordon. Thank you. Yeah. We talked about when we were talking about the spiral thing, we mentioned a little bit, but with like that golden ratio thing. Mm-hmm. Um that, that my buddy got and that's that's where that shows up <laughs> everywhere. Yeah. Um but yeah, that is uh that is well well done. Well mm-hmm. written and well said. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've been thinking about it, like, as I've been going back and looking at it and, you know, thinking about ordering like Gyo and all these other Uzumaki works, like, you know, how the foreign nature of the work, like just that idea that, you know, there, there are just cultural ideas that I'm not familiar with, um, kind of lends to the otherness of it, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm, I'm trying to decide how I feel about that. Like, it's totally a thing, you know? Yeah, it's, I think it's okay. Yeah. Like you're, you're recognizing it. And sometimes that, that does like, it can have a negative effect for me sometimes too. You know, mm-hmm. it's not like it's positive here and it actually works with Uzumaki. Mm-hmm. There are other things where it's like, oh, I don't, I wish this wasn't happening. Yeah. Right. Like it, it happens a lot with like, it, we were talking about it on, on Slack and stuff or what is the, uh, like the Moe kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it ends up re- resulting in me feeling skeevy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, and I don't like it. Um, yeah. you know, I recognize that's another cultural thing, but it's still okay for me to like or dislike things. Mm-hmm. And this happens to be one that I like. Yeah. So I feel, you know, I feel good about it. Mm-hmm. I don't feel I, I'm aware of it. And that's all that's the due diligence. Yeah. I need to have, I think. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Definitely colors colors my perspective on it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Pete writes in via contact saying as a big fan of HP Lovecraft, Junji Ito and from software, um, but also as someone who does not own a PS4 or a Bloodborne, it's been a rough season to be listening to Bonfire Side chat. Um, yeah. and, then Pete, <laughs> and, then, and then Pete goes on to uh, to offer uh, feedback on both Uzumaki and The Shadow Over Innsmouth. Uh, be sure to check out Ito's latest comic, Judy, Junji Ito's Cat Diary, Yawn and Moo. Um, it is fucking amazing, seriously. And while completely unlike his other work in the main, uh, it has all the things that make Ito's style so stark and memorable. Easily the best illustrated cat diary ever. Hmm. Uh, you can thank me <laughs> later. If you have doubts, Google image search that shit and tell me it doesn't look completely awesome. Catwan battle. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Enough people have talked sugar about this that it's in an Amazon cart. <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely want to check that out. Yeah. That sounds like something I would dig. Yeah. Um, and moving on to uh, The Shadow Over Innsmouth and Lovecraft, uh, you both will know who Alan Moore is. And I think it's worth mentioning that he has written two very unsettling Innsmouth centric comics in the past three years Neo Nomicon and Providence, both of which I give my highest recommendation to as fans of. As, uh, uh, my highest recommendation to you for fans of Lovecraft. Cole, I am sure you will. this will freak the shit out of you. Gary, you went into some detail uh, in this and prior episodes about some of the concepts in Lovecraft's work that you find genuinely unsettling. I think that both of, both of these New England set Lovecraft-specific stories have moments that could genuinely freak the shit out of you. Like I don't know those comics. <laughs> Come no, on, just be, You're just no, being I helpful. <laughs> I know, I'm just kidding. I, I, just, I, just, I was exaggerating for a fact. I, I'm familiar with those. Um, more, uh, Neonomicon is collected. And then, uh, there's a thing called, uh, Yugoth cultures and other stories. Mm-hmm. That is a weird, um, small, it's like a smaller press. I don't know who published it, but it was a comics press that did. Um, and it collects a lot of Alan Moore Lovecraft stuff, as well as some kind of associated writers, Rich Vike and stuff. 
Pitch. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to pronounce his name. Um, that has the the Providence thing, and I think um, I love Neonomicon. I think I've talked about it on the show. It uh, it features a very explicit scene of sexual violence that I think is not gratuitous. I think mm-hmm. it is it is used, um, but it is deeply affecting. Yeah. Um, so it is, that's the intent. It's not played for it. It doesn't feel light to me. I think it is. I don't think that it is wrong to have used it, yeah. but it turns a lot of people off that book yeah. um, in a way that I completely understand. Yeah. However, I really love that book and I think it's, it's one of the scariest comics I've ever read. Um, I find it genuinely unnerving and great. Nice. Um, Providence, I like a little bit less, but I still, I still like both of those quite a bit. Um, and also, if, um, and Pete, I'm sure Pete knows about this, but if you don't know about The Courtyard, which is the the prequel thing or the uh, the spiritual predecessor, I guess it's prequel, to Neonomicon, that's also well worth your time. Um, the Courtyard is great. Yeah. Uh, can you put those in notes? Yeah. Cool. Yeah, you should um, read Neonomicon, Cole. Yeah, um, no. It, I've, it's, I've, it's really good. <laughs> I've got the collected Geo and Neonomicon and the Cat Diary all in, a, all in a cart. I'm just pulling the trigger. Excellent. Yeah. Very good. Cool. Um, yeah, thanks, Pete. And I was just kidding about that. Like, I, <laughs> I know, I know. I, I just, just want to make sure. It, I figured it was know. likely, but I just uh, like no, I, I really enjoy it. like when people like recommend stuff, and this is super salient. So yeah, me too. I, um, I was just I was just teasing, <laughs> just goofing. Um, yeah. So thanks everybody for the responses. Um, if you have anything to say about uh, uh, Shadow Tower Abyss, um, there's still plenty of time for mm-hmm. that. Yep. Up at duckfeet.tv forward slash contact. Yeah, same thing for Titan Souls. Um, mm-hmm. uh, you can check out uh, the uh, the news posts that I put up for kind of the upcoming schedule of uh, of, of events. But uh, we've got some awesome stuff that I'm uh, really excited to prepare for. Mm-hmm. Indeed. Yeah. Um, you can go to uh, patreon.com slash duckfeedtv to uh, to support us financially. That goes uh, goes a long way towards helping us out. And uh, you get access to cool stuff um, like our Slack channel, uh, early release, and uh, uh, you back high enough like uh, cool little postcards that I'm super proud of uh, that uh, are fun to design. Yeah. Just go back to the the admin of the last episode and just replay all of that <laughs> stuff. Uh, that, was, that was our crowning achievement of admin. Um, <laughs> the... Uh, so yeah, um, that's all. That's all. We have miles to go before we sleep. and recording for a while, um, so we're going to cut that this short. Yep. Um, but yeah, um, and stay tuned for just a couple super brief deleted scenes uh, that uh, contain spoilers for the Magic Circle. So you can just <laughs> stop listening now if you haven't played that game yet. Umbasa. Umbasa. Basa. 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 And uh, how was uh, how was the Magic Circle? I, I like it. I don't love it. Hmm. Um, I think that the the weird meta stuff and the the ending stuff is really great. Mm-hmm. I think I can't figure out the game's perspective on people, mm-hmm. and it feels defensive and hostile in a way I don't like. Oh, um, like it's not very kind to anybody. Yeah, um, and it's uh, it feels really cynical or not cynical, but like just hostile in hmm. a way. Like. None of the the three principal characters you spend eight, or I mean you spend time with four with the the boss guy, but any of the three human characters, all of them are just portrayed to be like shits, mm-hmm. and I don't like it. Like yeah. I don't like the Coda character, I don't like the the Fragmaster character mm-hmm. Maze, and then Doctor Venture. Like I like the speech he does at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, like he's at least like clueless. He's not. Yeah, yeah. But the other characters are just like it's. What is what is the game trying to say about about like it's it's like oh you know fandoms are are you know, stupid and are bound to destroy themselves. Mm-hmm. Like I don't like any of the messages it has about people, I think are kind of shitty. Hmm. Um, the messages it has about the creative process, I think are kind of interesting Yeah, and mechanically it's cool. And the endings are great. Oh, it's like yeah. a, it's a nice like counterpoint to the, 
you know, can an ending ruin a work? Because I was kind of ready not to like it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I was going to come away from it, even with the doctor's venture speech, which I like yeah, at the end, yeah. to just be like, oh, like, fuck you. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> you sure you sure did, like, you sure were angry about your experience <laughs> making games. Yeah. Bioshock 2 guy. Um, but the, the ending is really clever. Yeah. So yeah. that that went a long way towards redeeming it. Like mm-hmm. I said, like an interesting inversion to that. Yeah, yeah. Thing. Um, so mm. that stuff is really cool. And it's also, it delivers on the promise of, of hack and slash in a way that's pretty satisfying. Yeah. Like I think I think the puzzles and that that universe and that methodology to solve puzzles is actually pretty fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'd love to see that kind of explored in like maybe a more tightly designed space. Yeah, like in a lot of ways, like when I realized how short it was and that like the after you get out of the ship for the first time, that's like all the area you're going to get. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it really feels like a proof of concept for that, which is yeah. which is fine. Um, yeah, I mean, that's not what he <clears> wanted. So it's just it, it feels like it has an unclear kind of mm-hmm. premise in that respect. Like you come up with kind yeah. of a fun gameplay idea, but the game's not really about that. And mm-hmm. then you have this other gameplay idea, this idea of like re- creating levels as a game. Mm hmm. Which is, you know, this I think this is like either predated or was right around Mario Maker, which is mm-hmm. the game of Mario Maker too. <laughs> um and that's a really cool game. Like I love that. Yeah. Uh, you know, but it on then it also had these like kind of two stories it wanted to tell, uh, which I would you know, with varying degrees of being worth telling, I think. Yeah. Um like, uh, all of my goodwill is focused towards the the Doctor Venture side of it. Yeah, just like some you know somebody who is just has completely disappeared up his own ass and like doesn't even have the basic self awareness to uh you know to to to, 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 to know it. to know why his life is a wreck. Yeah, um, like I, I would yeah. have liked just more of that stuff. Yeah, like it's it's such an interesting uh, companion piece with the beginner's guide, right? Yeah, because yeah. like the beginner's guide, I came away from that, and this is not what the game wants you to do, but <laughs> the emotions I was feeling was like feeling like I knew the guy who made the game you know, and could relate to him and felt really good about him. Mm-hmm. And the Dr. Venture stuff, like it is uh, uh, like the way they decided. So they, they, you betray that, that aspect of the character by having him interact with other characters mm-hmm. and both the other characters he interacts with in the game are failures. Right. Like, I don't think that does a good job. Like all the things that we're touching about the Dr. Venture stuff was him monologuing, mm-hmm. like all the stuff with the likeness rights. Yeah. And stuff like her, her brand, like that was just like, it, it sounded like it was trying to be, satirical mm-hmm. in a way that just didn't land for me as a joke yeah like it didn't seem funny to me even though for some reason what it did make me think check this out blow your mind uh telltale's venture brothers <laughs> how good would that be that'd be amazing like that's the best idea like i've ever had <laughs> yeah. and i have no power to make it happen <laughs> but that would that, that would be the best yeah that would be super good mm-hmm. um yeah yeah but it's just like it's just the weird because the the Doctor Venture speech at the end is really touching, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But up until that point, you know, was it really exploring that? Like when he goes, he starts going into this, like you know, you came for control, blah blah blah. Like it doesn't really feel like up until that point that was what the game was about or what his interactions yeah. were about. Anything. I didn't like. <laughs> I didn't read it as sincere. I saw him as flailing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it, it was a lot of like. Focused flailing, right? So if mm-hmm. it's like flailing to me to be read as flailing needs to kind of jump from subject to subject. Mm-hmm. That was definitely a monologue about one thing. Mm-hmm. So it's like it's you know it's it's him kind of it's like it's he's in a flailing state, but I don't think that's what was going on. Like I yeah. think that it was it's too focused mm-hmm. for it not to be something that the game wants to be about or the character wants us. You know, yeah. we're supposed to think the character is about. It reads too much like a thesis. Yeah, yeah. Um. So it's like it it's it was good. 
it was just frustrating because like some of that are like I just want the the guy who like it just you, there's too much anger in it like it's mm-hmm. a really weirdly like angry game mm-hmm. that I and I don't it feels like misplaced anger to me yeah um, and it's hard to tell like exactly like what the anger is directed at that's real right mm-hmm. like you know I'm I'm as down on fandoms as anybody probably yeah <laughs> you know but it's like you know the, it was it was definitely like a, like a cart like an oversized cartoon straw man version of it that's why that's what i mean yeah. it's it reminded me of like um like lady in the water where it's like oh the fans think that they can tr- can control your work but look what happens when they actually do mm-hmm. you know like yeah. it just it, it it felt like that like it was a little yeah. nya mm-hmm. and I, I think that those i can't tell if it was actual <clears throat> anger or if it was humor but if it was meant to be funny it didn't strike me as funny and it was seems like mean spirited funny. Yeah, well it's punching down. Like oh yeah, totally. all these that's, all these people who love all these people yeah. who love this thing who want to work on it but lack the lack the unifying Absolutely. vision of that's this. That's exactly what yeah. I mean. Like punching down is exactly the word for yeah. that aspect of it. Mm-hmm. And then like all the stuff about like, you know, the act of creation should be joyous and isn't always and the mm-hmm. idea of like creating things as a substitute for having, you know, children and that being your legacy and stuff like mm-hmm. that stuff worked. Yeah. It just I, I wish that they had like focused on it more. Yeah, that's that's what I honed in on. I think my I put like the, the second coda or whatever her name was started speaking, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, once, yeah. once I once I, you know, figured out that it was like blind worship going on. It's like, OK, I'm going to put my, put my blinders up about this. Yeah. Like she is going to just be this hapless force in the in, in the narrative that's going to be like taking time away from this person that i was that i want to spend time with yeah. like it was just, tr- just trying to make too many points yep. like you, i feel like you could make a game that's about fandom's relationship to art mm-hmm. and that would be interesting. that would that you, would be the beginner's guide <laughs> well, that, well exactly that, that's and and but that's also about like a dude too mm-hmm. and that's why that worked is it's so grounded mm-hmm. you know and like that's why like in the end like i think i like that game better because yep. it's like it made me Heart, it broke my heart and this just made me go oh that's a cool idea i'd like to see developed in a different game <laughs> you know like <laughs> yeah that's a cool thing like i don't you know I, i'm really glad i played it mm-hmm. and it's like it's it's sticking with me i'm thinking you know it's still like i mean i just finished it so that's not saying that much <laughs> but the uh i can see it sticking with me but mm-hmm. it just it didn't like it didn't have the emotional impacts i feel like it maybe wanted to have yeah um but you know good glad i played it mm-hmm. good game yep. um yeah locale and i would love to see them do something like that the ideas behind it are really cool like Mm -hmm. in you know uh the mechanical ideas yeah so i like i like a puzzle game that instead of being uh like a prescribed puzzle kind of thing like Mm -hmm. they just give you a bunch of tools and you just figure out how to do it it's like scribble knots except like way like less a little bit more limited yeah yeah well it's uh like the how awesome of a thesis statement is that like it doesn't matter if it doesn't feel perfect because perfect's what got us here yeah, yeah, I really like that a lot. <laughs> like, on on one hand, that is a way to kind of like paper over, like we don't quite know how to make all this fit together, right? But like, yeah. it does lead into the idea that you're a tester, like it, yeah. it, like that that you know notion that things don't entirely fit, and this is just like the slightest bit broken, even as the actual product that I bought that Cole you know that mm-hmm. i played for four hours, um, right. you know, like it's still like it, it fit the theme in a way. Yeah, so I like I like that stuff. Mm-hmm. That was that was cool. It's just, uh, yeah. I mean, I guess it's really like it really comes down to, and I hate just describing it because it just happens to be on a gender split, which probably mm-hmm. has to do with the writers. But both the female characters just didn't yeah. work for me. Yeah, and and it's not because they were ladies. It mm-hmm. was just that they, yeah, I didn't think they were good, like they were necessary good characters. Yeah, and yeah, what they contributed was not additive mm-hmm. to the experience. Yeah, so 
Um, yeah, and then there's some some weird little nitpicky things even about the um, the mechanical side of it. Like it's mm-hmm. so weirdly undirected when you first get out into the plane. Yeah, yeah. Like you're on you're on like the middle of a wheel, and there's like ten spokes going out to the side, <laughs> and it's not that like you can go and explore those fully. You have to actually kind of do them in order. Like you have to get certain powers to go yeah, down. Yeah, there. there, there's a right first step. And like the the there's the fast travel helps a lot, but even when you're testing out these things and you can't do it, like you move mm-hmm. so slow. Yeah. And if you die, it takes so long to revive all your dudes. Yeah, managing your dudes was actually kind of disappointing. And yeah. like going in and seeking out the ones that I want to revive and bring to me, like as they end up scattered all over the map, is uh, is real. It, it was it was more of a hassle, and like it brought more friction to that part of it than I would have wanted. Me too. Like, I yeah. think what they want you to do is just leave them dead and then mm-hmm. just summon them when you need them. But, like, I liked having, like, I, I, I needed them for combat when combat mm-hmm. would show up. Yeah. You know, so, um, and I, I had no idea about the scale of the game. Like, I was not expecting that just to be it yeah. until it became like that was just it. Yeah. So, but yeah, it's a, it's a good game, but I, I not 100. It's like one of those things where it's like, I, and this is, you know, me learning nothing from the beginner's guide, but like it was me <laughs> playing it and having this feeling that, like, I don't like the person who made this, no matter how much I like this. Mm-hmm. I, it's hard for me to feel like a human empathy towards the person who did it. Mm. And that's a that's a bad place to be. Yeah. You know, like I, I just the the weird this, the person just needs to he's, he's, he's just so angry. Like mm-hmm. there's just like too much anger in it. Yeah. And we all pray that we will have far more soon. Mm-hmm. 